Been a time. There's never been a time. There's never been a time as fucked up as this. As fucked up as this. I. Get up.
sound of joy. This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. Thick orange foundation, I'm a foreign damnation that you're borderline waiting. Yeah. Horrified Satan with an angel a bunch, cause all these cookie gunner fuckers be faking the funk. Yeah, uh, so many babies yapping, talking about a revolution like the Tracy Chapman. Bitching like a motherfucker, making the game whack, complaining how I'm faking, how I'm taking my race back or forward. Depends on how you look at it, rude boy status so bad, but damn I'm good at it. I should have been king as I open your minds. My revelation brings fruit, deliver hope for the blind. I make a terrorist, terrorist, prepare for his funeral. And I'm way beyond your government's apparent approval. The most hated, but I know there's no greater power junkie on the binge. And damn, I'm so faded. <laughs> I'm the master card, a real children is too big, you can ask your moms. Go lose yourself in the forest, right? And you can learn grenade tools, tools, okay? Then I'll sit down and mark it. Put it by laptop to tools, guys. Internet go around. It's a B to the A to the K to the I. On to the T to the day that I die. R to the A to the MBO. Jackie Rambo in the place. What the fuck y'all know? It's a B to the A to the K to the I. On to the T to the day that I die. R to the A to the MBO. Jackie Rambo in the place. I'm the Paggy Rambo, Aldo, Apache Commando, Sambo, kick another rap to your sample, Tango with death, I'm a killer with mad soul, lasso your neck, put my foot in your asshole, ambush your cap, my inglorious crew, straight bastards, brawny and stronger than you, take classes, learn how we got them on wax, hit the face with a bag full of Taliban scouts, you can call it all fast as you laying in your pissy sheets, chilling up in Cali all the way up in the Middle East, it's in the deep, putting in my work on these city streets, panic as we pulling up your skirt, like a wiki Well, that'll wake your shit up, people. <laughs> that was Adil Omar, A D I L 
O-M-A-R, Odil Omar. He's Pakistani. He is a hip-hop artist. His newest album is called The Mushroom Cloud Effect. He's the sweetest kid I know in the world. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> he puts on this big old show and attitude. You got if you you got to check out that video. It's called Paki Rambo. Check it out on um the YouTube uh and see what these kids in Islamabad put together for a hip hop video. It's spectacular. That's how I met him. I met him on Twitter, of course. I did. He came and found me. He's a fan of my dad's from Pakistan. Thank you very much, internet. And uh, we've connected. He's been here in LA. He was actually here last weekend and um, came by. Got to see him. He may actually come by next week, too. He's around. We may get him back on the podcast here. Uh, He's been on before. So yeah, the mushroom cloud effect. Adil Omar. Um, That like woke me up. Like I've been in a depression for five days because it's the hell weekend for me, people. This weekend is no good. Okay, we got Saturday. We got May 11th is Saturday. May 11th is the date my mother died. Then we have May 12th, which is my father's birthday. And then we have Mother's Day on Sunday, May 12th, which is the day my mother died. So it's really the triple crown of fucked upness for me. And uh, so um, I've been in a depression all week. Like, you just can't help it. You just like, even if it's been five years, 16 years, I don't know, 20 years, fucking 60 years, you get like this, these anniversaries just bring shit up. And um, so I haven't been feeling like doing much of anything except sleeping. Sleeping has been very good this week, but I have other things that I need to be doing. And so my little guilty brain wakes up, but, and still I want to sleep. And then on top of that, I'm, of course, doing the Weight Watchers thing, which, uh, by the way, I have lost five pounds. Yes, you can all applaud. Thank you very much. Um, but um, on a week like this, you really don't want to be counting points. You want to be counting how many cookies you can put in your fucking stomach. But I'm not doing that because I know that cookies and cocaine and alcohol and anything you can think of to numb yourself just it's it's a short-term solution for uh, basically a deep long-term problem and it don't work so i can't even do the act anymore it's like people say when they go to aa even if they've gone to like only one or two meetings and they continue drinking it it ruins drinking for them it's the same thing you know once you kind of wake up to this shit it's it's all ruined so so yeah, I've been depressed. I have just been just been like barely like putting on my game face when I got to go out. And basically, I'm just sitting around. But I woke up this morning, I wrote an essay, I got focused, I did it. It's not one of my best, but it's not one of my worst either. Um, but man, that Pucky Rambo, like, I think I need to just fucking just dance to some hip hop or something. I think that that folks will get me out of my depression. We shall see. Uh, before I go into my um, essay this week, though, um, uh, there's some things going on here in the world. Um, <laughs> first of all, this thing in Cleveland, these kidnapped women. Okay, like, wh- what? Okay, they're not like hiding them out in the woods somewhere in a house where nobody can see them for miles around. No, they're in a neighborhood. They've been hiding three women in a house in a neighborhood for 10 fucking years. How, how is that possible? And then, oh, you guys, if you haven't done it yet, go to this guy's Facebook page. Is Ariel Castro. He's got a Facebook page. It's his. 
he's like a, he's like the happy-go-lucky fucking guy with fucking friends on Facebook. Like, oh, you know, God, this and this and this. And I'm like, what? Like, it makes you completely not want to trust anybody ever again. <laughs> because you see this guy's Facebook page, you think, oh, normal guy. He was a school bus driver. A school bus driver. And he had women. I want to find out why does one do this? Why does one capture women? Okay, I get the whole creepy fucking sexual part of it that I get. But I mean, normally in the movies, we see that and then they like, you know, kill them and cut them into pieces, bless their hearts. Um, Not the killer's hearts, the people who are getting cut up's hearts. <laughs> but um, and but no, this guy kept these people alive. And so then this was like the first opportunity that this woman, she was like, I guess, I want to know, did she finally get unchained? Like, how did she get out? She was like saying to that guy that is it was Ramsey, is that his name? The like, wonderful man who rescued her. God, I love him. Um, help me, help me. We, I've been in here for 10 years. I'm Amanda Berry. I mean, it's, it's like, and she calls 911. Help me. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's like, this is. You write this shit in a script, people are like, oh, no, that's not. Uh, that would never fucking happen. There'd never be three women in a house for 10 years in a neighborhood in Cleveland. There's no way people would know that. But it did. It happened. Life amazes me. It truly, truly does. Um, speaking of trending, uh, I don't know. I wasn't speaking of trending, but now I am. Um, I now go to this little trending thing on Twitter. I don't know if anyone else does that out there. I don't normally don't do that. But I was just curious to see what's trending. And um, happy birthday, Pierre Bouvier is trending. Who the fuck is Pierre Bouvier? Do we know? No. Clearly, we are not part of the billions and billions of people on earth who probably do know. I also like that a lot of the trends are in Spanish, which really goes to show that <laughs> we are we, we white people are, you know, we white people are definitely uh, not uh, not in the majority. We've never been in the majority. Is that the problem? Maybe, maybe that's not the problem. Um, we've never been, in, but we think we are the majority because we've had all the guns and we've told all the brown people what to do. So we think we're in charge, but we're not. People, it's it's time to come up, you know, to to come to that reality. Being a woman, you know, I kind of feel like a minority already because you know we are, even though there's more of us, <clears throat> but. Um, so I get why the white males are really nervous. Um, you know, the, I guess the ones in power, not the two lovely white males sitting here in the room with me right now. They're not nervous. They have nothing to be nervous about because they're they're cool people. They're the cool white males. But we'll get to them later. Um, anyway, uh, so everyone, it's uh, Thursday. Uh, we've covered Cleveland. We've covered Pocky Rombo. We've um, there was a minor earthquake here earlier. Just by the way, we will talk about that too in a little bit because my guest is new to LA and. He's getting quite the initiation this month with these little earthquakes. I think he was in the car though when he, this one happened. So anyway, I'm going to do my little uh, essay, this week's essay, uh, and then we'll go to a song, and then we'll uh, we'll include my guest in our interlude talking stuff here. All right, uh, this one is called the work, and um, it's one of those things. Writers out there, hear me, hear me, and feel me. You know, when you're like working a piece and it's like, you know, it's there that you've, you've found it, you know, what's there, but you don't have enough time to make it really sing. That's where I'm at with this piece. This piece will be rewritten, guaranteed for the book, but it's all in there somewhere. You can find it. All right, here we go. The work. I went to Culver Studios for a meeting yesterday. 
Studios in general have always held a special place for me. I remember being very young, maybe five years old, and going with my dad onto the lot at 20th Century Fox. It was right up the road from the house we rented on the outskirts of Beverly Hills. It's where my dad's accountant worked. As we drove up the main street of the lot, all I could see were buildings that looked like they were from New York City. Old brownstones. It was magical. My dad told me that they were fake and had been built to make the movie Hello, Dolly, and that his accountant's office was in actually a regular building behind the facade. I learned what facade meant that day. Something one constructs to make others think it is something it is not. Culver Studios, though, in particular, holds a lot of magic for me. This is where Citizen Kane, A Star is Born, the original one, and Gone with the Wind were filmed. This is where Lucy and Desi invented the three-camera sitcom. This is some damn serious mofo Hollywood mojo. As I walked from my car to the office where I had this meeting, I felt the familiar awe I feel on studio lots. It's a lot like walking into heaven. You have to you have to make it past the pearly gates, that is the grumpy security guard who you hope to God has your name on the drive-in list. And you get to rub shoulders with the stars. I remember one day on the Warner Brothers lot watching Mel Gibson and Clint Eastwood casually walk by. Studios are where magic is made. When I was a kid, I watched Shirley Temple, Gene Kelly, Cal Burnett, and Lily Tomlin on the TV. They made me say to myself, I want to make others feel just like this is making me feel right now. I wanted people to feel alive, expanded, and bigger than their mortal selves because of something I had made. And certainly, my whole life, I had an inkling that I might have a chance of being one of those people because, well, my daddy was. He was one of those people in the magic box in the living room that visited every room in the nation to make people laugh and step out of their everyday thinking. He had the mojo. But having that inkling about that, uh, that I might get a chance, well, that just wasn't and is never enough. It's just part of the equation. The other part has to do with the work. The work. Lately, I've been understanding a bit more what people mean by it's all about the work. The work is not the childlike giddiness one feels when you see a famous person or the puffed up ego you get when someone of some import says they like your stuff or the endless stream of fantasy of fame and fortune that gets evoked when you have a meeting on a studio lot. No, the work is for a writer like myself, the ass in the chair, words forming sentences, rewriting, editing, polishing. The work is for the performer saying your stuff on a stage in front of an audience and seeing how it lands. The work is taking the steps, risking the failure, trying new things, letting one's imagination and unconscious have an opportunity to realize themselves. And the work is getting out of one's own way. So I walked from car to office. I noticed my childlike giddiness as I saw the stages and grip trucks and people with their walkie talkies milling about. I heard myself saying, this is the big leagues. You could be in the big leagues. And my heart skipped a beat. I then focused on the insiders, the people hanging around outside of one of the stages, you know, going to and fro in their golf carts. I saw their faces. No magic. No awe. No joy. Just stress. 
If you've ever worked behind the scenes on any production, it takes only a few days of deadlines, details, and juggling of egos for all of that childlike awe to disappear. And soon you find yourself cynically hating the boss, feeling creatively stifled, and yearning for freedom, just like every other cubicle jockey on this hapless planet. Within 10 seconds, I had felt the only two emotions I had ever felt about this business for most of my life. Total adoration and crushing resentment. But this time, I noticed it. And so as I walked past the commissary, and by the way, I can never walk past a commissary without thinking about the food fight scene at the end of Blazing Saddles. As I walked past the commissary, I thought, how can I learn to do this different? How can I learn to feel excitement and gratitude for the privilege to be a part of this business and do the work? As I climbed the stairs to the second floor, I thought, wow, I bet Lucy walked on this very floor. I looked at the many doors to the many TV show offices. I heard people talking and laughing, doing their work. And then underneath it all, I heard Lucy say, okay, how can we make this real? And how can we make this funny? And I thought, wow, she got to work. Coming back to California, I'm in love with California, California, I'm in love with you. I'll give all my loving to you, I'll give all my best years to you, I'll give everything I've got to you. When it's over, California, I'll be angry, California, California, if you don't come true. I believe you, California. I believed you, California. California, I believe in you. And I've got my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire. I've got my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire. Not as if I'm from here, I mean my family's not from here I lost my train of thought again, I'm lost The railroad was amazing, the people really loved it The railroad is amazing once again Dogs are so protective, dogs are so objective Dogs are so secure in what they know well, everybody's Moses, everybody's Jesus, and everybody's meaner than a dog. Everybody's meaner than a dog. And I've got my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire. I've got my feet to the fire, my feet. Fire my feet to the fire I think I thought that she was nice I mean I know that she was nice I saw her belly burning in the glow It's not as if I turn it down It's only that when she's around I think I found a person I can die with Maybe I'm too serious, I'm serious, delirious, deliriously serious, I know. 
You are so on top of it. You got it all on top of it. I'd love to see you making love or killing. Making love or killing. And I've got my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire. I've got my feet to the fire, my feet. To the fire, my feet to the fire. I've got my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire. I've got my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire. I don't love you, New York City. You're too cocky, New York City. New York City, we do not agree. But I admit it, New York City. When they hit you, New York City, something broken tore inside of me. End of summer, New York City. End of something, New York City. New York City, we were having fun. So I get it, New York City. Yes, I get it, New York City. New York City, you are number one. And I've got my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire. I've got my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire, my feet to the fire. Not as if I'm from here. I mean, my family's not from here. I lost my train of thought again. I'm lost. That was John Elliott with "Feet to the Fire." I can relate to that. This week, ah, uh, yes. Uh, so, everyone, welcome back. Uh, my guest has arrived. But my guest was just slightly tardy. <laughs> it's not his fault, though. We will talk about why it's his fault. He's learning lessons about living in this town. My guest is a stand-up comedian. He used to have a show on Sirius XM. That's how we met. So far, so good. So far, so good. And uh, he now has a fabulous show on the Young Turks channel called The Rubin Report. Now, you had The Rubin Report Twitter handle before yeah. you had The Rubin Report show. Are you psychic? It's 90% uh, branding in this business, oh, okay, as good, you yeah. know. And once I had a Twitter handle that now, I liked. No, this is destiny. You were going to get a show that so you could name it after that. And the chances that my last name would be Ruben, <laughs> it just all kind of. <laughs> Everyone, this is Dave Ruben. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hello, Kelly. How well, are you? Now, it's funny because I, I was we were five minutes out and Dave texted me saying, I'm still in traffic. I'm, on the, I'm stuck on the 405. And uh. I immediately texted back. Rookie move, dude. <laughs> Rookie move. You took the 405 to my house. I'm only three months in. We only take La Siena go to my house from West I, Hollywood. I trust, you know, I press the OnStar button. Yeah, no. I talk to a human no. who I uh, expect I can trust a human. I, if it was no. a robot, would not trust it. Does the human live in West LA? Uh, no. They, God, they're probably no. in like Saskatchewan. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Saskatchewan. You have to say it like that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah, no. OnStar, bless their hearts. I mean, I'm glad they're there for you. 
But I think they're probably you're better off pressing that button when you're in a lake and there's water <laughs> coming in and you're saying, please rescue me now. Yeah. Roll down my windows automatically or whatever the fuck you people do. They're not great with the directions in the fastest possible fashion. Yeah. For, for now for on. For emergency purposes. For now on, call me instead of the OnStar. Yeah. I will get you anywhere in this town the fastest way. I will teach you all the... What used to be shortcuts, which back in the day meant you could get anywhere in 20 minutes in this town. Now everyone knows the shortcuts. Can I say, by the way, you were the first person to say to me, we had lunch uh, right before I moved here and you said, you know, everything takes 20 minutes. Yeah. And now I hear that every day. I didn't know that it was 20 minutes per person in your car. Yes. That seems to be what it really it, is. It really is. So it's an hour everywhere I drive. Pretty much, yeah. It's an hour. Often. Yeah. It's, it's now 45 minutes. It used to be 20 minutes. It's now 45 minutes everywhere. It's a lot of traffic. It is. People like living here. I'm hoping... So they're willing to deal with the traffic. They are. Yeah. Because the weather's great. Yeah. So the, the weather's... Yeah, right? He, he, Dave just came from New York, so he's enjoying this. Don't I look better? You, you do. You saw me when I lived in New York. You do. It was a disaster. Yes, your skin I, tone looks much skin, better. My skin, I feel good about it. My hair feels... Yes. It's got, the vitamin D is just... The vitamin D will, yes, make you very happy here. Yeah. And as long as we're talking good vibes, can I just say... Out of all the radio studios that I've ever been, this might be the best one. I mean, I've been in fancy, you know, I had a show on Sirius for yes, a while. Yes, big Sirius. I've done things mm-hmm. at, the, uh, at the OnStar Studios. But this has such a nice, warm, homey. Yep. Air. There's air. There's windows. Fireplace. I can smell a fire. There's a tree <laughs> behind you. There is a tree. It's a, amazing. A tree grows in my backyard. We could be on a deserted island right now. The last two people on earth yep. just getting our voices out there hoping, hoping that someone in please. a civilization far away will hear us yes. and save us. We are the message in the bottle. We are. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear us aliens, please, please save come save us. Save this planet. Help us. It's very, very, very tiring these Ugh. days. Is there anything worse than this planet? Uh. Well, I don't know, but probably, well, depends on, you know, what kind of percentage oxygen you're looking for, you know. I like a lot of oxygen. Yeah. So that this planet for now is doing okay yeah. in, in that area, but we are really fucking that up as quickly as possible. We are. I Can you even believe that the polar ice caps, I mean, if, if you, I would just watched a documentary about glaciers a couple of weeks ago and how... You know, they they had said, oh, maybe in 30 years they'll look like this, and in 50 years look at this. Seven years later. Yeah, they're all disappearing. Yeah, they're disappearing. You know, I'm a little – I see it both ways on this because on one hand, yes, it's obviously happening. Something's happening. But since I've moved here, I've noticed everyone, you know, like you go to Trader Joe's, they don't give you bags anymore. You have to bring your own bag. Like everyone's trying to do their little part. Yeah. But China is still pumping out so much. Like we do it all just so we feel good, but it has no bearing on like actually doing anything to the ozone. No, we would need to all stop driving cars tomorrow to actually have And then how would I have gotten here? Right, exactly. So if you want this show to keep going, <laughs> the ozone is screwed, babe. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we're plugged in here. We're getting some electricity going on. We don't have the solar or any of the wind or anything, which, you know, we, my husband and I, we talk about it all the time. Like a wind power A little situation. wind thing, yeah, because we got this nice ocean breeze we get yeah. most of the time. We'd have a little windmill right up there, you know. I would feel... Was bad. that the windmill? I feel like the windmill makes more of a whir. It probably does. Like I, if it made a brrr, I'd be crazy yeah that would, after that's day not, two that's a defective windmill <laughs> it's just like a constant brr like that yeah that's yeah, true yeah well maybe the solar panels i don't know we'll see what sound do they make like a sizzle 
Yeah, you could fry an egg on it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> but the problem with living by the coast with the solar panels is we've good four months of the year. We're just socked in gray here. We're basically San Francisco. So well, you're welcome to my side of town. Yes, it's want. sunny there. It's yeah. sunny on your side of West the town. West Hollywood. I live in the gayest. Uh, yes, the epicenter. So of so gay. so how. How is it? How is we living in the epicenter of gay? Uh, you know, there's these guys that have huge muscles and little dogs. <laughs> the, the, the muscle to dog ratio, it makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. It seems to me that if you were a huge man, yes. a big, giant, muscly, hairy man, mm -hmm. you would want a big dog. You would want a pit bull, something that you feel is your equivalent. Right. Instead, they have these little opsalapsas. They're walking around in pocketbooks and in it's pockets. Yes. I don't get it, though. I don't get it well, either. You know, get it? I have a pit bull. I'm not that big. Right. Well, I'll see. I guess I'm confident. Yeah, you're confident. <laughs> But I really, I am the most out of shape. You know, I'm I'm in perfectly fine shape for a regular human, right? For a, human. a regular person, yes, right? You know, in civilization, you do not live at the gym like half the population of West Hollywood does. I am morbidly obese compared to these people. Yes, I yeah. mean you they would, have zero body fat. Yeah, and I also eat bread in front of them. Oh my god! So become is that rather, still legal oh, in West Hollywood? You can eat bread. Well, you're not supposed to do it during the day. <laughs> there are certain places at night in the back you can do it. Right. But, that's what know, I thought. It's, not, it's frowned upon yeah, at all times. It's yeah. kind of a little wink-wink to the waiter, and he'll bring you a little basket of something. Yeah. Or... But what they don't get in carbs through bread, they get through margaritas. So I don't. Re <laughs> I really don't understand, actually, how the abs are still there yeah. with the amount of margaritas. That is interesting, isn't it? But I'm learning. Yeah. And and is the is the, the um, is West Hollywood – Gay life culture different than New York's? What is it, Chelsea? Is that like Chelsea. Chelsea's more like old school gay of New right. York. Now the gays have moved north to uh, Hell's Kitchen. Ah. And they're even creeping a little more north into uh, the Upper West Side. And soon they'll be, what's your dad's street? Like 121st. I mean, they're, I lived on 83rd. I mean, they're right. just moving they're, on They up. are. They're, they're moving on up. They will stop. <laughs> <laughs> on George Carlin Avenue. They will. They'll um, stop right before Columbia. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> There's plenty of them at Columbia. But uh, you know what the difference is here is that because the weather is so nice, they're all outdoors here. So mm -hmm. there is a – there's something actually psychological about that, that gay bars still in most places in America and everywhere still are considered dark, dingy, blacked out windows. Yeah. And I think that leads to people thinking they're doing something wrong all the time and mm -hmm. hiding mm -hmm. and this shame thing. But here, they're out, they're open, you know, it's it's outdoors, right. it's much more festive, it's much, I think it's better, it's better uh, in terms of fun, and it's better actually psychologically that you're not going into some <laughs> dark thing to be like sodomized by, it. well, you can be, if you want. No, they have those too. They have those too. <laughs> they but do, you're sodomized me. in a sunnier, you know. It's patio sodomy. Yeah, which is. <laughs> much sunnier. That could be a band. <laughs> Patio <laughs> It could totally be a band. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot. It's a learning curve, but, yeah. uh, you know, I'm getting there. That's good. That's good. Wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. And uh, you uh, – basically, I tell people about you and I say, well, you know, <clears throat> my friend Dave, he's here because I'm – you know, I got him the gig. You got – yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm here literally. I didn't get you. me the gig. I got him the gig. <laughs> Just want to point that out, everyone. Yeah, it was funny. I don't know when that was, like a year ago or something. And I, yeah. I, I do this show called The Point. Everyone check it out. It's on the Young Turks Network. And um, and Yank, 
usually hosts it, but there's like a multiple of hosts. There's like, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, Anna Asparian is now the she's official, now the official she's, host yeah, of it, yeah, right? Yeah. And and Fugel Sang was hosting. That's when mm-hmm. I started. Fugel Sang came in and he got me the gig and stuff. And then I don't know, you and I were talking. You're like, oh, I want to do that. I introduced you. And the next thing I know, he's like, I'm coming out to L.A. because I think I have a show with them. <laughs> I'm like, what? You just had to ask. I just I oh. said, can I have a show? They said, yeah. Okay. You See, could, I, I could have said, could Kelly have a show? That's what, what I have yeah. not learned to do yet. See, I just did my essay on the work, but part of the work is asking. Yeah, you do have to ask. <laughs> well, so literally you uh, – and it's even cooler because of the way we met. You know, we met through Twitter, which now I've met everyone that I converse with at any time yes, through Twitter. right. It's nice that we're doing this actually face-to-face. This is true, yes. Uh, this is rare for me, but I feel I feel good about it. Yes. Um, but, you know, we met through Twitter. Then you did my show on Sirius. Yep. And here I am now and we've actually become friends and you helped me get this gig yeah. that, that I'm here for. And I was just telling you before we went on air that, you know, I had my friend Melissa who's on Big Bang Theory and she was on with Jack A. Harry, who I met also on Twitter. And <laughs> Melissa loved Jack A. And it's like, that's why I love Twitter so much, because it actually is this living thing that is connecting people. Yep. If you let it, if yes. you let it and you use it right, it's as real as walking down the street and bumping into somebody. It, and that's it, the truth. It is because, you know, on Facebook, in order to talk to someone for the most part, you have to friend them. And most celebrities are not on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, um, Steve Martin's not hanging out on Facebook. Albert Books isn't hanging out on Facebook. Mr. Shanley isn't hanging out over there. But they're hanging out on Twitter. And anytime you want, you can just, you know, reply, hey, loved your thing, da 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 And every once in a while, you, there it is in your little, your little column. They've just replied to you. Do you know often celebrities are people just like us? It's and they like, they like that. You know, I got a great Albert Brooks Twitter story. So when I, I did the cross-country drive when I moved out here, and uh, I downloaded 2030 which is his yeah. fictitious did you, did you i read have it or? not read it yet i heard so it's amazing i thought it was a comedy though right i thought it was just hardcore comedy like all his movies that i love and basically what the movie is about it's his fictitious future 2030 what's america going to be like but it's not a comedy yeah it's, you know the thrust of it is that old people keep living longer and because of that young people start hating them because they're taking up all the resources and the money but the real piece of the book is about a massive uh, earthquake that destroys Los Angeles. Ah. And then China has to come in and fix Los Angeles, destroys the American economy. So I'm t- doing a road trip to move to Los Angeles. And literally, literally for the middle three days, all I'm hearing mm. is about a horrific mm. earthquake, San Andreas Fault, the whole thing destroyed. It's the worst catastrophe ever. So I tweeted at Albert Brooks and I said, uh-huh. you know, I'm, I'm moving cross country as I'm listening to this thing. <laughs> he wrote back immediately, turn around now, you will die here. And I thought, this is it. Like, I'm here for a reason. Yep, totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. But that's the point. It's yes. real. It's a it, real thing. It is. It is a real thing. There are real people on there and and real connections. I mean, that's how I've booked so many guests from i mean john dean john dean of the yeah. white house nixon white house yeah met him on twitter came into this very room and did this podcast because of that you know it's like i booked people for paul provenza on twitter it's 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 crazy amazing yeah i mean when you think about the old days about how difficult it was to connect with someone that might have influenced you in yep. any way you yep. know like the chances that you'd meet them out somewhere or pass them on the street so minuscule but now someone that has some effect on you somehow yeah 
you know, it's like it's there. It's a, it's a real thing. Yeah, and when you see them in your feed, you feel like, oh, these are these are the people I hang out with. I mean, it like literally feels like these are the people yeah. I hang out with all night. There they come. You know how often <laughs> I'm staring at this thing, and it's a little scary, but know. you know. But you know the other nice thing about it. Speaking of earthquakes, so I didn't feel the one today. You did not know. But because we're all sharing these experiences all the time, you know that about two weeks ago it was my first earthquake. Yes, and I shared it with everyone. They shared it with <laughs> exactly. me, and uh, it was it was wonderful. Yeah, and so you've been through your first earthquake. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you really can't describe that feeling until mm, you've been through it. Mm, mm, it's, it's a it's a little more left to right than I thought. It it you know th- what I mean? that's one type. Is that one type? That's yeah, not all and that and what you felt is a little thing compared to when it really wakes up yeah. and when we had the Northridge one in 92 93 uh it was about 5 a.m and it was a six something in the valley and um it first of all it always feels like it lasts like three minutes it lasts like 40 50 seconds right. which is still long um and and it's not like oh the house is shaking it's like Oh, everything is on this. It can be up and downy kind of a feeling. It can yeah. be shaking. It can also be like a bam kind of a thing and then a rolling thing, but it's this rolling thing that happens. And then the noise with the big ones, the noise, it's like a freight train. It's the earth itself is making this horrendous noise. It is the weirdest fucking thing. If but you it, would have called me and told me that while I was listening you, to the book, you and wouldn't Brooks have tweeted wouldn't, me. No, <laughs> I would have turned the show. I would have turned around in <laughs> Alabama. The TV show. Yeah, but you know what? It's I. I my husband's been through hurricanes. He says it's still better than any hurricane or tornado thing he's ever been through. So yeah, you know it's and the big one. You know, here's what I say: you be prepared. Have your water. Have your canned goods. Have your little radio that you crank. We will all die because we will not have our cell phones and Twitter if the power goes out. Yeah. Um, I want to schedule some tweets. <laughs> I, need just, pro- I need to promote my podcast. Yeah. Like I want people to know, <laughs> even if I can't get to this thing, that the tweeting is going to continue. I could be under a house. Right. Right. You know, like, you know, but the, see, that's the Wicked the, Witch of the West. And that would be the first thing they would have to recover. It's like, get the cell internet something going because twitter as we know when shit's going down live minute to minute there's nothing like being on twitter you're yeah. you're watching mainstream media you're sitting there watching cnn or whatever the fuck you're watching and you know something's blown up somewhere oh like that west texas thing that happened i'm on twitter you know you just put in the search west texas and it's just boom 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 and you're waiting for the news and waiting for the news yeah. and waiting for the news yeah, they'll figure it out in about 20 minutes. They yeah. will when their people read the Twitter feed. You know what, though? It, that's what it is. Forget the celebrity angle of it. and the, and the it, it is a shared experience. Like even I, I think I said to you on Twitter during the whole Boston bombing thing, there was something bizarrely morbid about the way everyone was sharing it. And then there was also something sort of inspiring because we were all mm-hmm. getting out a certain emotion. Yeah. And what I really think is is interesting about Twitter is that, you know, um, Carol Burnett said comedy is tragedy plus time. Mm-hmm. Twitter is actually changing that equation because it used now, to be. Now, did Burnett say that? I've did she like, really say it? I've heard like 10 different people. People quoted. used to say Mel Brooks said it, but I Googled it and uh, they. Really? Is this Carol Burnett? They say, if I, Google said it. I, I don't know what Bing says. I thought it was like Mel Brooks or something. I Sid, thought it was Brooks. Sid, Sid Caesar. Sid Caesar. Should uh, we give it to Carl Reiner? No, just, let's give it to Carol Burnett. She's like give, my yeah, hero. Yeah. But it I've, was I've never heard her say that. Yeah. Or but, at least she said it after Mel Brooks said yeah, it, perhaps. Okay. <laughs> but in any event, <laughs> yes. somebody said it. And Twitter is changing that. I really think it's be- interesting because, you know, uh, let's say Mel Brooks, 
who did all this stuff about Nazis and Hitler. Well, most of it took place 10 years later, 20 years later, 40 years later. Right. Now it's like we're making jokes. <laughs> and there's – 40 seconds later. 40 seconds later. And there is a danger in that for sure. <laughs> ask and Gilbert Godfrey. Ask Gilbert Godfrey. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, I remember when he – I saw that I saw that live. tweet. I did. I saw it live too. Uh, you know, he said – it was right after the tsunami. Tsunami and he said um, – the Japanese are so advanced, they have the, the beach come to them. Right. Am I butchering Something that? like Something that. Something close yeah. to that. Yeah. And I remember I was like, whoa, too soon. Right. And yet I'm a comedian. <laughs> and No. That's the thing. Exactly. But that's the thing. But now what I've realized is in something horrible like a, a terrorist attack, no one's making fun of the – nothing that I said in the course of that was making fun of the terrorist attack or right. any of the victims or any of that kind of stuff. But the media yeah. was ripe. To be made fun oh, of. Oh, yeah. And, it and was, deservedly so. And deservedly so. I mean, CNN was just... <sighs> I went on a... They're never going to let me near that Time Warner Center ever again after what I was doing on Twitter for three days. It's okay. They'll be gone soon. <laughs> Al Jazeera is going to take I them out. I think they anyway, just... Yeah. I mean, did you see um, uh, Amunpour on Daily Show last week? Uh, I didn't, but I, I heard I mean, John it. Stewart was just like... She, you know, she's back on CNN. Yeah. She's on CNN International, basically. But, you know, he's like... He's like, really? You're, how's CNN doing? You know, and she's like, oh, things are fine. Da, 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 you know, and he's looking at her like, going, yeah, you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a train wreck over there. It, it's such a train wreck. And you look, it's interesting that they get the brunt of it because when things, bad things happen like this, people do instinctively turn to CNN. So the, because so they're getting it in, you know, because in they used to be way. brilliant. Exactly. Because they started all of this. Right. So they're wallowing in their own crapulence. Yes. So to speak. I mean, uh, Wolf Blitzer was the guy yeah. who was in the fucking hotel room in Baghdad during yeah. the first Iraqi war. I mean, it was incredible television that was going on, just on a phone describing what was happening outside his hotel room and outside in the city. Yeah. Now and, he's surrounded by holograms uh, in a situation room and with I armed literally, guards. And I know. can't watch him for 20 seconds. He's terrible. He's horrible. He's just... And I can't... He's just become a caricature yeah. of himself, I guess. He literally could not ask a follow-up question if his life depended on yeah. it. He is so programmed. Yes. He has become such a network stiff... Yeah. Robot. His head would explode. Which is just it so crazy. This was the man who was willing to go to Baghdad during a war zone. I mean, it's just how how we change. You know who I want back? Do you remember Aaron Brown? Oh, yes. I love that guy. Yep. He, uh, he was amazing. After 9-11. He, he was like, thank God he was there. But he got out. Yep. He couldn't take it anymore. Someone told me he's a uh, he's a teacher somewhere in California. Bless yeah. his heart. Yeah. Let's get him on the show. Get Aaron Brown. I'm sure you're listening. Let's get Aaron Brown down here. I know he's not listening to CNN radio or whatever God, they have. What, yeah. God help us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The media. I don't know. It's so weird. It's, it is. But yeah. The but thing, that's why this is cool. Well, that's true. And you know, when Tahir Square was going down, um, uh, being on Twitter was, it was so spectacular. It yeah. was amazing. And and if you weren't on Twitter, people didn't get it. Like I would say, Bob would be sitting watching, we'd be watching TV or something. I'm like, I'm like, just read this, you know, and it's like, and oh, and you would, you would put in the search, you know, like whatever the little the hashtag was. And I would 
show him show him the column with the search and it would just be going by so fast because thousands of people were tweeting and tweeting yeah. in the moment about it and it's like you couldn't even read it it was because everything's were happening so fast and yeah. it, you really feel like you're present at something like that you know there's something weird about the the presentness of it because something like uh Tahrir square it's like we were all on it for two weeks mm-hmm. they overthrew a dictator it was the first crack in this arab spring and you know really amazing things happening Egypt is far worse now. Oh, well, they yeah. have the Mus- Muslim Brotherhood instead of a dictator. They, you know, there are many instances where now women's rights are worse and all yeah. kinds of stuff. Yeah. And yet we don't care because we, the rush of the initial yeah. dictator well, going down, right. that's well, and, everything else isn't and, as and, and, you know, I mean, we can get into geopolitics if you <laughs> want. But, um, you know, the reality is that, you know, these um, propped up governments, yeah. uh, when they go away, something called the messiness of democracy happens. And that's what's going on. And it yeah. is messy. And it's not, it's not perfect. And, you know, and people are going to, they're going to decide what they want. And uh, the the people who have more of the modern mentality there, who, you know, kind of understand civil rights and things and human rights and stuff like that, they're not in the majority in those cultures, yeah. you know, but um but that dictator was hated by a lot of people. Yeah, so nobody's defending Mubarak. But you know, you know what's interesting is so you know all this stuff's going on in Syria without going too deep into geopolitics. Yeah, more people were upset that yesterday the the internet was off in Syria for twenty four hours mm-hmm. than the eighty thousand people that have been killed. You know, yeah, that's like this it's sort so of weird endless thing that people kind of talk about every few days yeah. maybe but the internet went down and that and that trends <laughs> people go bonkers well you can't play words with friends or... well adil my friend adil omar from pakistan who i just played his hip-hop song um he was here last weekend and he said that uh in pakistan um youtube has been unplugged for eight months really yeah because, because of that video because uh, no 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 because of um uh, there was so much dissent going on on YouTube against the current president, who's completely corrupt, um, basically murdered his wife, but he's still president, um, that the government just said, well, we're tired of listening to this and we're just going to unplug YouTube. Yeah. And so they've unplugged YouTube. And, you know, I'm a YouTube. I got a YouTube I show. Know. So this is I've I know. Been wondering what's going on. My numbers in now Pakistan. Now, you know, your Pakistan numbers have gone down. Yeah. Kashmir uh, doing quite well, by y- the way. Really? Interesting. Very well. <laughs> I thought of both the sweater and the Led, <laughs> and the Led Zeppelin song at the same moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I was like, "Wow, you live in a country where they just unplug YouTube, and no one can do anything about it." Yeah, you know, we're not getting that far from it here. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole other topic. But between you know, we stopped SOPA, but now CISPA yeah. is the new one, and that basically passed. Oh, and, such a nightmare. I mean, they're going to have a kill switch on the internet. They're going to, I mean, they're tracking everything. It's all like, it's stuff that you don't want to think about. And it's like all this sci-fi. Yeah, but isn't endless... a small part of you wanting them to just kill the fucking internet? For just so we could all reset. <laughs> just so we can have a vacation. Just for a minute. So I don't have to fucking promote my fucking show for 10 minutes. I know. Oh my God. I, I just, I just want to apologize to people every time I'm like, <laughs> Hi, I'm doing a show on May 18th at the Acme. I'm so sorry for telling you that. Isn't that funny, though? We feel that. We all feel that as performers. We it's do, like, but it's like this is the system now. You, I mean, you have to tell people where you, you are. Do. Or how, they, you know. how else do they find out? Because I don't have the freaking money to put it on commercials on television, right. you know? You don't? I could have sworn I, I saw don't, Kelly see Carlin tonight. M- on my the- Tesla out in the driveway. <laughs> Speaking of which, Tesla... 
I interviewed Kevin Pollack for my oh right 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 my serious show, and uh, he pulled up in a Tesla. Damn beautiful thing, dude. Those Christopher Walken impressions pay. Jesus fucking Christ! I, it was gorgeous and completely quiet. I said, "You are going to kill someone in that car. All of you electric car people are just going to kill people." Can a Jew drive a Tesla? That seems well. So clearly, he and, is. Yeah, <laughs> Speaking of driving, I got yelled at by your the guy across the way. Oh, uh, you did. I, you I parked into I his parked driveway. Partly in the dri- it's a yeah. little confusing here where the driveways begin. I know because the, the curbs are all slanted. Like odd curbs. Yeah. Odd curbs around here. Yeah. Oh, I'm all right. Yeah. I'm in such trouble with my neighbors already. <laughs> I have parties here and they just, oh, and wait till my birthday. It's not going to be pretty. I, you know, he, he said, you're in my driveway. I said, you know, I said, go fuck yourself. Good. Kelly Excellent. Carlin Thank told you. me that I could do whatever I want. Perfect. Great. Yeah. yeah they love me here. No, they're, said, they're all very nice. Swing by in a few minutes. They're all nice, lovely people. There's just one crabby one up the street. Not that one. The one, but you know, people don't want you blocking their driveways. His no. wife's going to come home from work. She needs to pull in her driveway. No, no. And I really, it was a good three inches. I mean, it could have caused. It could have not be good. Yeah. It was horrific. Not good. Um, How we went from, I don't know, (laughs) geopolitics to my neighbors yelling at you. The point is we all have problems. Yes, it is. Thank you. This guy's great on TV. Transition man right here. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Excuse me a little bit about. Yeah. So you went from, so you've been doing stand-up forever. Are you still doing stand-up? I've done stand about five times since I've been here, and, and I've been here about three months. So yeah. what is, does that count? I'm like sort of in and out. Sort of in and out, yeah. You know, I'm feeling with stand-up that, I, I've told you this before, It's to me it's like jerking off. I like it when I'm doing it, and then the second I'm done, I'm like, ugh, why did I do that again? Like, <laughs> because Because... I'm a perfectly good comic. You know, it's weird when a comic's talking. Like, I'm a good comic. I like what I do. I have my style and my thing. But it's like until I've blown up to the point where I'm really drawing crowds the right. way I want to. Yes. The idea of having to sit around and wait and go on fifth out of yep. nine. And then with an audience that you don't know who they are, yeah, where they're going to be. Right. And it's like, you know, you, if you get 10 minutes, well, I just get going by mm-hmm. 10. That's when mm-hmm. I, you know, like I, mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. stand up is also weird. It's like television has ruined it in so many ways because of the four minute, 20 second set that you got to get on Leno and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and also because I find that I can get more worth out of tweeting for an hour, yeah. let's say, if there's You're getting some, paid as much. I'm, a, I'm getting, I'm probably getting paid more karmically <laughs> somehow. Or, or uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, but not only the payment, but like that these people will stick with you. If you get a follower, well, yep. then they're going to stick with you. You yeah. do stand up, you kill. Yeah. If you're one of eight, they never know who you are. Yeah, yeah. They, they, oh, there was a white guy on that show? <laughs> he, was, he said something witty? Ooh, yeah, right. I want to find him. Right, right. Yeah, um, interesting, yeah. So I'd say I'm... Um, uh, so it's not so much the stand-up and the no, expression love, of stand-up. It's the all the bullshit around the stand-up. Yeah, yeah. for right now, at yeah. least for me. And also, you know, because I have good stuff going on with the show that I'm doing. Right. And I'm feeling creative. Yeah, you have an outlet. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good, definitely. But stand up, I love. I mean, you you you've talked to more comics than anybody. Like it's in me, and I love it. Yeah, absolutely love it. But like everything, it ebbs and flows. And sometimes the sometimes I want to be at a club mm-hmm. and have a two hour, you know, bullshit fest with a bunch of comedians and do yep. that. Yep. But a lot of times I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and you made an interesting transition with your stand up because you were when you first started stand up, you were. In the closet. 
yeah. about your homosexuality. So you weren't a gay stand-up. My homosexuality. Your homosexuality was not being discussed on stage. It was not. You which, were the straight guy. Yeah, I was... I don't know why that's my straight guy voice. That's your straight guy voice. That's my straight guy voice. Homosexuality. Homosexuality. That sounded very, like, 60 minutes, 19. It is. That's my Dan Rather. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did stand up for about seven years closeted and I was dealing with, I was, it wasn't that I was like outright lying all the time because I was still struggling with it. I always thought this was something I could conquer. I mean, gay 101 kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. In retrospect now, it, it's, it's hard for me to remember it even what I was like, because mm. it's like, it's like painting. It's like being a painter and not using the color blue. Right. I just don't use that color. It, it makes no sense. And I was doing something that I believe is an art and I wasn't using all of my tools as an artist. Right. And, you know, the angst and all the personal stuff, it's great as a comic for a certain amount of time. And then you got to either conquer it or it will conquer you. Hmm. And I got to that moment where I was like, once I had really realized who I was and my life was getting better, and then my art started, my life started getting better than my art, which Hmm. had always been the other way. And then I took a little time off and I came back and unfortunately the, the gay stand-up scene is is horrific. I mean In what it's, way? It, well, I mean it's in the back of all those places that those we were dark talking. Rooms. Those dark rooms. Yeah, like you want to really be sodomized by a group of strangers, go do gay stand-up for a little. Well, you're a chick, so they'll love you. <laughs> right. Um, oh, right. But for a gay guy, I mean there's a reason huh. that there still is not one successful gay male comic. Really. There's not one Is it that the audience are that ruthless with um, I think there's a lot of a lot of stuff with it. I think the main part of it is that stand up. Uh, you should be telling the truth, and the gay community still is so um, wounded, mm. really, as a group. Mm. That having someone really turn it on them and really tell the truth is not what they're used to. They're used to drag queens and old women. Uh huh. I love the Golden Girls, but right. if you only are getting your truth from something that is so distant from you. It's not, it's not that it's, truthful. Right, right. Um, so it's getting better a little bit. You know, obviously there's a zillion, if you're a lesbian, you actually have a leg up in stand-up at this point. Or, right. or if you're a female comic, you're almost expected to be a lesbian. Right. Um, but there's not one, I mean, I hope it's me and I'm doing my damnedest to make sure it's going to be me. But like, it's a, and, and, a, and now because it's a civil rights issue, it's cool mm-hmm. because I have something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, the gays have a way to go when it comes to. I'm so fascinated about yeah. this truth thing that it's really hard for them to hold the mirror that close to themselves. Yeah. To... Well, it's why it's why it's the drag queen thing, and then it's why something like uh, like RuPaul, all these things that are these over the top gays mm-hmm. love this over the top. Uh, personality mm-hmm. because it's like oh you're getting out all this shit that I don't get out during the day mm. because even the most gay person there is whatever Mm. the hell that means right you're still living in a world that you're a minority in right right. no matter what you do right um and actually most gay people you don't even know that they're gay because they're just living lives absolutely like regular people yeah uh, like other humans with people with two legs (laughs) exactly so there's a look there's a lot of meat there as a comic Mm -hmm. and, and when i see what I do now on my show, where either I happen to mention something that's gay if it's relevant, but I don't often. And what I'm starting to see in all the comments are people are saying, wow, I've never seen anything like this. Like, oh, he's gay. I don't believe it. Or, right. And that's what it should be. Yep. That's what it should be. You can't change. The community can't change until it becomes what it is. Right. You know, like you got to really sit there in the truth for a little bit 
and then you can go on and do something good. And I'm trying. That's why. So the the serious show that I did, which you were on, mm-hmm. was a gay show. It was on the Out Q channel. We yep. talked about gay shit right. all the time. <laughs> right. I talked to every goddamn housewife on Bravo. I, I mean, wait, if I ever saw any of them again, I would murder. Like that would be my. Um, but sidebar on the on the housewives. Uh-huh. You know the gays love the housewives. Right. And the housewives. Everyone thinks the housewives love the gays. No. If you were being worshipped by any group of people, if there was a group of people that worshipped <laughs> Kelly Carlin, you'd go, "I like those guys." Right. And that's the, they Thank don't give a much. flying fuck about the gays. Right. But if you worship these people, yes, they like to be they worshipped. They like. They do. And who wouldn't? Yes. So I don't blame them. But. <laughs> But they could care less otherwise. Yeah. But my show was really – it was successful. Sirius had offered us another year at a higher rate than we were being paid. Mm-hmm. And you know, Wait, you're I, being paid? Then we, yeah, we were even being paid. <laughs> it was no choice. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. I know. I won't. I won't. Um, Bless well, you, you mentioned Sirius to anyone and that you're getting paid. Oh, exactly. They yes. don't take your blood when you go in. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, and, and the podcast that we were doing was great. But I had just felt like I can't do this anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like it just felt mm-hmm. like I've talked about this. I've said this. Right. Can I just be me? Yeah. All of me. Yeah. All of the parts of me. So I don't know if I'm all me now, but I'm closer. Yeah. I, I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah. You're here. So, so, yeah. and so how has it been transitioning into a whole new medium, which is television? So now you've got this visual aspect to it. Yeah. There's something, I love radio. Like, this is great. Like, what we're doing right now. To yeah. Me, there's something so uh, simply true about radio. Yeah. That people are listening to us without seeing us allows a little bit of uh, an imagination for them. They don't have to look at you and go, oh, her hair should be this way or look at me and go, he should sit up straighter. You know, all those you, all those things. Yeah, and you know what the little kid said when TV was invented? You know, they asked the little kid, they said, um, do you like radio or television better? And he said, I like radio because the pictures are better. I mean, that's it. I love that. Yeah. That, that's it. That's I mean, it. you get to plug in and then your imagination plays a huge part of the experience. You you are drawing it yourself. Yeah. And and also because you can partly do radio passively. Yes, you exactly. You can be in your car and still do other things. Yeah. So that, it's wonderful. I, I love it and I love this and I, I always want to be part of the radio world mm-hmm. and the audio world. Um, but what I've really enjoyed about doing video now is there's something that seems a little more real, mm-hmm. real world sure. to me yeah. about it. Like now, you know, I'm getting recognized a little bit more, which obviously is nice, but that that's not why I do it, but there's something. It feels like it's a little heavier. It's yeah. a little meatier, and I and that's agreed, and that's good too. And also, look, a comic you want to be seen. Yes, you know, like it's cliche, but you want to uh, be seen. You're, we're performers, just, so yeah. you know that's part of that's part of the element of it, right? Uh, yeah. Look, I just went to your one woman show, which was spectacular. Had you done it from behind a wall. <laughs> <laughs> would have been a little different. People would have been. Still. Can I say, by the way, you have great rhythm. Thank you. All your little dance moves out there. Oh, yes. Yeah. I am actually a black girl. You've got you've got some. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I've, I, it's funny. I, I pride myself when I go to the clubs because all the black men always want to dance with me. Yeah? Oh, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. I, uh, you know, it's part of that. My dad had great rhythm, too. I think it's just a part of being, you know, a comedian. Um, you're born with that. You're born with timing, basically. My poor mother, though, she had no rhythm and was tone deaf. Great pianist. I mean, she was like, she was going to go to school and, you know, study piano at one point. Um, Beautiful pianist. But um, yeah, she's so cute when she would dance. It would just be awkward. And then she'd sing and dad and I'd be like, oh, yeah, um, don't want to, you don't want to do that. (laughs) 
that's, that's cute. Really cute, mom. Very cute. Don't do that. But thank you. Thank you for the rhythm thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy it very much. I, I think a parallel life, I would have been a, a real dancer, like really committed my life to it. But um, I'd stick with this for now. But I mean, for the now, dancing was good. But you know, not, at yeah. this age, yeah. I figure, mm, okay, I'll just do this other thing I'm doing. Do you ever think that? I think that sometimes. Like, I'm so into this. I've been doing stand-up now and this whole thing for like 15 years or something. And there, I have these brief moments where I'm like, my God, I should go do something else. Just forget. Imagine if my humor only was <laughs> was for like kicks. Just purely like what joy that would be. Right. Not this terrible nightmare of having to be funny all the time. But just, oh, yeah. oh what, like if I was funny once a day and people would go, oh, that guy's funny. Yes. Because if you make someone laugh once a day, that's pretty You're good. You're in. Instead, I'm making all these people laugh all day long and it's like, what's the point? I was a fucking rock star at grad school. Like I was the most entertaining, yeah. you know, person at, because I could, you know, I had the quick, because you were a regular citizen. I was and had the the quick little quips and the the great storytelling timing and people were blown away with me. And I'm like, oh, this is nothing. Yeah, this is I could grad never, school. I, I couldn't do it. And you, I could, you couldn't do it either. The idea of like going to an office. Good morning. How no. Are, how are you? Oh, is no. that? Uh, See, this has been my dilemma my there? whole life because it yeah. was. I knew I couldn't do that. Yeah. I knew I would never be a civilian. It's just, I knew that wasn't going to happen. And yet, not, there's no promise in this business, you know. And and for me, for many years, it was very scary to put my voice out there, you know, big shadow thing. Um, and uh, so, you know, that's kind of why I thought, well, you know, I'll go get my master's just in case, yeah. you know. because and, and I think I needed, I was thinking about this the other day, I just needed time away, time away from this business. Like... Like I woke up the other day and I thought, ah, oh, this is exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> it is just exhausting. I mean, I suppose if you're Kevin Bacon and you've got a big agent and you're on a TV right. show <laughs> and you have an assistant and a chef and people who drive your kids to school and all that stuff, you know, y yes, you're doing your work and it's important and all of that. But this scrambling, it feels like, 14 hours a day to right. make sure that you're going to be relevant in some way next week or that <laughs> right. ten, or 10 people are listening to the point of you making uh, writing an essay or doing something today. Right. But you should know that the freak in that situation is the Kevin Bacon. I do know that. You know, point. I do da, know da, that. Da, da, da. Yeah. You but know. that's why I'm a little that's why I, I think I've you know, for years, I did kind of just like know that like, oh, this is. People think this is a glamorous life. It's it's a lot of anxiety. <laughs> yes, yeah. you get to be uh, an artist, whatever that word means, and you get to be creative and you get to – I mean, trust me. I pinch myself every day. I'm living the dream. I, I'm totally grateful. And at the same time, sometimes I wish you could take out the part of my brain that yeah. wants and needs all of that so I could just sit in a cubicle and make a Stouffer's dinner every night. And watch American Idol. Wait a minute, I do that. <laughs> exactly. Shit. It's the you know, it's the entertainer's dilemma. It's we all have that. Even the ones that won't admit it. Yeah, and I don't want to seem it. ungrateful yeah, about or anything, but it, not... but it's but it's it is just a little. It's scary too because it's you know one of the most competitive industries on the planet Earth, and you know there's no promises out there. No, there definitely are. I mean, my general policy with this is as long as I can eat. Because I had times that I could barely eat. Right. As long as I can eat and pay my rent, yep. I, this is great. Yeah. And and since I conquered something that I was so uh, struggling with, 
the part though that I've even though that comes at you sometimes, you know, you, your your past is never really fully behind you. So yes, that, that very comes, true. That comes and and scares me sometimes. Yep. Um, but for the most part, pretty much everything I'm doing now to me, it's like as long as I can eat and keep doing this. Yep. I'm in it. I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah. I don't have someone yelling at me like, oh, do that. It's so thing. true. Where is that report you said you were going <laughs> Exactly. Where's the file? It's just the voice in my head yelling at me now. Yeah. Why the fuck didn't you write today? That voice. That voice. 10 minutes. You said you were going to do 10 minutes every day. What the fuck's wrong with you? You didn't do your 10 minutes today. Okay. You said you're live tweeting the... <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you doing writing jokes on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. I'm like, I'm in a mood already this week. And I was like, I got on Twitter this morning and just everything was irritating. I'm like, can anyone be happy about anything? Yeah. Fucking people on Twitter. You just, everyone's bitching about fucking shit. Every, everyone's bitching. Of course. Do you, do you find that we all get in a mood together it, on Twitter? Doesn't it feel like that? Yes. I I really think there is something going on with the human psyche See, and part of this cyber world and it's a little matrixy. And- I want extra I want extra time in the week just so I can study that because that's yeah. shit like that fascinates me. I want to know like what is the overall like what is the uber collective psyche here? No doing? joke. You you've done it a couple of times on Twitter where you've said something like I can't take this right now or like <laughs> I need some time off this or something. I did it today. And I ev- hate everything. Is what I tweeted. <laughs> I didn't see that one today. <laughs> I was having a little downtime. Um, but really, you've done it once or twice at least. Where I've been like, wow, she's right. Like, I didn't even realize I was thinking it. And this thing's driving me fucking bonkers. Really. So I yeah. do think there is a collective yeah. thing. So when it's really going good. Yep. You, look, even the Boston thing, there was so much of it. Keep, mm-hmm. You know, what we were talking earlier. Mm-hmm. There was so much happening that I, I tweeted right towards the end. Once they found him and they knew it was kind of ending. Right. I said, you know, we all need to take a couple days after and tone this down. And I did. I actually yeah. took a Sunday off, which I hadn't done yes. in God knows how long. I know you've done it it's a couple a times. It's a good yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But think about that. Even the, the disconnect of one day. Yeah. People, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I did the full day and I yeah. was like, this was not easy. I know. Yeah. I'm really contemplating taking the whole month of June off. Whew. Yeah. Well, for everything. Because I need to write a script, basically. So I'm thinking getting away from... All of the social media, not doing my podcast, not doing anything except waking up, eating, drinking, sleeping, pooping, <laughs> pee, <laughs> and writing. In that exact order. Well, I'll mix it up each but, yeah, day. You're, <laughs> yeah. You're regular. Because I'm crazy. Exactly. I'm crazy mixing it up that way. You, if you'd like, I could act as your proxy. And, yes, you, know, you I could. I could come here maybe once a week or so. <laughs> Tuesdays and Thursdays, we'll have a chat and I'll go, the, and then I'll tweet throughout the week. These are the things Kelly was thinking. This is what's on her mind. She just can't get to the computer right now. <laughs> She's dealing with a lot of shit. You know, it's funny too, because uh, I found that sometimes I do need more than 100. This is what I love about these essays I'm doing now. Yeah. It's like, you need longer. I need longer than 140 characters right now. And, um, and you know, writing long form is tricky. It's, it's, you know, after kind of being in this kind of a mode, yeah. it's like, oh, no, I need to extend my thinking out a bit. I haven't done it in a, in a while. Like, really tried to writ, write a writ, write. I can't even, the words are still, uh, can get me the, Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I haven't tried one in, in a, quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, does this constant yeah. stream of sure. short-term stuff. What's it doing to the circuits? Well, yeah. Something's you know, going on. It's, it's habituating something. But we've been pretty flowy. We've been flowy. We do flow. All things considered. We do. <laughs> yes, that's a different Hashtag show. That's on a brilliant. Di- 
<laughs> I do. I think I I dream in hashtags. <laughs> Oh, Lord. But it's real. It brought us here. It really it did. On that. It is. It's weird. And I, you know what? I'm so close to being done with Facebook. If I didn't have to promote things, I think I would not be on Facebook. Well, I I shut down my personal account. I did. I looked for you today yeah. on there. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm not friending him. No, no. I'm friends with him. I'm just going to have to go to his like page. I have a fan page and that's it. I just can't. Like that, to me, you know how much I tweet and it's like, yeah. that's, I get it all out there. Yeah. I do one or two Facebook posts a day related yeah. to the show. It's mm-hmm. not, it, that's the promotion thing. Yeah. And it's like, I give enough. So yeah. I, I don't. I'm so close. Yeah. I just, the one thing is I have, I have a secret group on Facebook that I love that like literally you can't you like, must kill them secret groups are great you have to and it's great because it's like all of my friends and we all talk about the world in there and no one knows we're talking about the world or them right. <laughs> in there because it's secret but um i would miss that kind of a thing um i mean these are the things you do have to think about when you do this because when i transferred the page yeah it was like i had actual real world friends yeah you know, like and i've done that days. already i did the personal did to that. the public right and but started did people get angry at you because it's like oh what do you think i'm your fan we've been friends since we're yeah. four years old yeah i said yeah no and then i i started a personal page back up and they're just people that i know Better. in the flesh that's that's my rule and is that a hidden name so that other people can't find you? No, it's people are always fucking hitting me up to be friends there. And I'm all, I'm just, I just say, nope, nope, nope. And every once in a while, I send them a nice note. Hey, just want to let you know, it's my private page. I don't friend people I don't know. But you can see all my stuff over here on my <laughs> fan page. Please like me. <laughs> it just feels so junior high on Facebook. Yeah. Please like me. You know, Facebook today, they're about to buy this Waze. Have you heard about this thing? No. Waze, W-A-Z-E. Give me more reasons to leave. It is a, um, it's a GPS. All it basically is, it's like Google Maps, but it's crowdsourced. So right. So it's people all the time that are being like, oh, I was on the 405. And it's, right. you know, so it's a, it's a live traffic thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they oh, supposedly- yes, I do know about that thing. Yes. Yeah. So supposedly the deal is going down today or tomorrow, a oh. billion dollars. Who? I don't. They've never made a dime off of me. Can I have a hundred thousand of that, please, yeah. just to make my little TV show that I want to make? Pretty please, I will entertain you. <laughs> <laughs> a billion dollars. Billion dollars. A billion. Dollars. Billion. A billion of anything. People don't get how big a fucking billion is. Billion. It just sounds like it's completely made up because it's like, oh, did they offer they nine hundred and ninety <laughs> million, and they were like, no, 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 it's got to be a billion. Billion. Like, I want the B on there, right? And also, they bought fa- uh, Instagram for a billion, so it's like, is that the number? People go, oh, well, you bought Instagram See, for a this billion. This is when it, you know this shit's all made, made up. up. This yes. money shit, it's all made up. Instagram worth a billion dollars. There's six freaking filters. I only use two of them. <laughs> And, trust, and I don't even use the Instagram. I use the Pixelomatic uh, one. I love that one better. Yeah, but the numbers are all made up. It's like the it's debt and be. the taxes. It's yes. all made up. It it's is. all made up. You know, your dad did that bit. I, I think it was in his last HBO special about how you're not in the club. Yeah, and it is. It's probably my favorite five minutes yes. of stand up ever. And it it. That we're not in the club. No, we're, we're not. not. So you had to just pilfer what joy and rationalization you can on this planet, and that's it. And you know, some part of me every once in a while gets bought into I should be in the club. Like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> right? Every, every you day. feel guilty. Yeah. Wait, we're not in the club. I know. What club are we? We're it, in something. We're, I don't know. We're what in something for sure. But. Yeah, and then I feel guilty. I feel like, what am I doing wrong? I don't have a million dollars in a savings account in my IRA thing. But, you know, it's a lot of clubs. It's You know, I do a lot of political tweets, and I find... 
because I'm not partisan and I'm not always team Obama. There's so many uh, comedians yeah. who have become partisan yeah. because of Obama yeah. that you see comics that no longer are fighting the power there. Even if you watch the, the White House Correspondents Dinner, Conan was perfectly fine, but he didn't make fun of the president at all. Yeah. Which he, is he actually like made fun number of, one. Yeah. He made more jokes about Romney. Right. Remember that guy? I mean, that was yeah. eight months ago. Or, yeah. So we have a weird thing when, when it's kind of cool to like the power structure. Yeah. That comedy is the first thing that suffers. I think all the time, like, I wish yes. your dad was around for this. Because we, <laughs> yeah. I, I've said that to you many I would, times. I know. We were all so curious. What yeah. would he be saying? Like, we need it. You need it I mean, it more. he'd be really happy that there's a black guy in the president, in the president, in the White House. He'd yeah. be, I mean, I know when, because Obama would just started surging right before my dad died, and he was excited about that. And, um, and just for the historical part of it, he would have loved that. Um, but he still would have done. But the, the drones, yeah. and because, you know, the, the military industrial complex is that. It is what it is. And because there is no, you know, fourth estate now with the media, really, except for these people who are, you know, bless their hearts, blogging and tweeting. And then there's people like Anonymous who now have to go and do this stuff and WikiLeaks. I mean, it's like, you know, the minute the media stopped doing their job, it's like, okay, well, someone else is going to do your job and it's going to be done in a much more radicalized way. Yeah. As, as we see. But yeah, I, you know, I do. I wish, uh, I'd be so curious to, to know what my dad would say about all these lovely human beings that are running the country these days. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know what he'd be, uh, you know, I like to think that I'm doing a little bit of that because I try to critique the power as much as possible. Yeah. And especially the media. I'm all over the media all the time because you're right. The fourth estate is gone. They're doing us such a disservice. Yeah. And you know what, though? They are starting to eat themselves. Have you noticed that lately? Yes. Like with this Howard Kurtz guy on uh, CNN and he he wrote for the Daily Beast and he made one factual error about a Jason Collins thing saying that he didn't say he was engaged without getting into all the right. minutia of that. It's like the media turned on him immediately. Next thing you know, he's apologizing on his show. Like we don't ask our politicians to apologize no. for anything, but if you're a media guy yeah. and you accidentally misquoted somebody about a gay basketball yeah. player, oh, you're in trouble. Yeah. Well, so we have, we have weird levels. Yeah. Here. And that's interesting too, because it's like undermining the legitimacy of people who are trying to actually be the real critics right. of the culture. He's you know? the one, he's CNN's, yeah. he has a show called Reliable Sources. And yes. it's the on, not that they do a particularly good job, right. but it's the only show that polices them <laughs> at all. And then they said, no, 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 police guy. We're going to police you. Yeah. And ironically, just the week before was the White House Correspondent Center, and I was watching him tweet it, and I was giving him a ton of shit because mm -hmm. he has lost his edge. Mm-hmm. But the way they strung him up was was totally unjust. Right. So the media is very – it's bizarre. Yeah. It's really Well, it, it is, I mean it's – as we've been saying here, the, what is the media now? Because this Twitter thing is the media also and so much goes on. I mean <laughs> – you just think about Anthony Weiner and his fucking dick thing. I mean it's just like – that was like – you know, and it's like things are reported here and you're like, oh, well, that person's going down. The minute you see it on Twitter, you're like, oh, that one's going down. Yeah. Did you see uh, – so Wiener said this week that there probably other are other pictures about him. Oh, he said there probably are others and he said someone will use it to sandbag me, mm. which I thought was such a funny thing to say because it's your dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, like, exactly. Sandbagging you, I think, would be someone else's dick. Yes. And they'd be like, oh, that's Wiener's dick. Right, right. No, it's your dick because you did this. Yes. You can't be sandbagged if you yeah. did it in the first place. You and, know? and and have it's so funny because we've gotten to a culture where the president can get a blowjob in the White House from a young intern and stay in the White House. 
and yet a fantastic what was he a congressman uh yeah he was he, congressman yeah, from new york yeah from new york uh you know good guy um <laughs> takes a picture of his dick and it's over we, we have so many bizarre it's levels so, it's like our we have no standards I, I don't know what the standard is anyway changes weekly the levels of acceptance are and so And then the bonkers. Sanford guy just right. got reelected. Be- well, because what did someone brilliantly say on some, I don't know what I was watching, saying, look, this was a district that even a cheating Republican would be any Democrat right. put up against him. I mean, that was the reality of it was yeah. they, they put up a Democrat hoping that the moral, you know, issue here would do something. No. Zero. In defense of Mark Sanford, though, he actually did marry the guy and really was in love with this woman. So this isn't the standard like yes. Republican being caught in a, right. you know having gay sex in a. But he did lie. Hypocrisy. He left his job. Yeah, he lied. yeah, I'm not he, he did some of that. I mean, that the yeah the the sex thing is. I'm sorry, it's a non-issue to me. I mean, complete non-issue. It's just, <laughs> I expect these people to be freaks. <laughs> they, politics right. and morals have nothing to do with each other. Do you know which ego you have to have to be a politician? You have to do horrific. <laughs> Did, did you watch uh, – what's the show on uh, Netflix? The, House of Cards. Uh, House of Cards. Did oh, yeah. You watch and House I watched the original BBC one too. It's – yes. I got to tell you, House of Cards, when I finished it and I yeah. watched it in like three days, I, I was actually a little unnerved <laughs> because all it did was confirm everything that yes. I believed to be true. And yeah. it's like I, I don't need that truth Yeah. Be- told to me yeah it's like <laughs> now know? i'm really cynical yeah <laughs> now i have no hope i mean cocaine and prostitutes <laughs> and murder and it's like all right I, that was a comedian's life now it's like <laughs> <laughs> they've taken even that from us yeah what do we have left there's we've... nothing i could do debaucherous enough that no would, yeah no unless you tweet about the wrong thing at the wrong time right that would be the one like if there was some sort of natural disaster yes. and i pulled a gottfried but yes. besides that yes and yet that too it's i mean i love the comedians talking about well i've decided that there are some tweets that are just living room tweets or living room humor right that you know you're sitting around with your comic friends and the tsunami happens and you're you're going to use there's going to be some dark humor going on because it's part of the coping mechanism yeah Making joke in light of something is a coping mechanism. It helps the psyche actually get through the horrificness of it. Um, but you probably shouldn't be tweeting it in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> and, and actually, when you were on my show the first time, we, th- this is what we talked about. Yeah. It was one of the things we talked about, you know, yeah. that. How do you how do you negotiate? And you're oh look, people. There's a line there, which means someone's going to trip over it accidentally. Absolutely, uh, or on purpose, just to see where the line is. Some true. people are curious about that. Where's that line? Oh, there it is. Yeah, but those guys. Oh, <laughs> I hate those. I mean, you can tell when people are trying to push, and it's like, you know what? You're not that clever. Yeah, you're just not that clever. No, you're not intelligent enough to do that. Yeah. Once in a while, smart. I'll tweet something that it's usually something that I think is perfectly innocuous, and that's when I get the hate. I do have to say, ninety. It's so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Ninety-five percent of the response that I get on Twitter is positive, and that's yeah. great, and I appreciate it and love it. But every now and again, someone will start yelling at me about something. And I'll be like, that was the most benign yeah. thing I could have. Bananas. But see, that yellow. just shows that everything is a projection. Yeah. People were going to project whatever they want onto you. I get it all the time because of my daddy. And uh, it's like, okay, that's not, you don't know anything about me. You yeah. are just, a, you've assumed 10,000 things about me and none of them. And, you know, of course, they may be partially true on some level because I'm human, but. I really thought those, none of those are my intentions or anything like that. Yeah. But you know, it's like, the, look, the good ones you can't take to the heart. Right. And, and the bad ones you can't because exactly. if you start taking the good ones, yep. the bad ones are going to cut you exactly. far worse. You just got to kind of just be yeah. with all it is and, 
and then hopefully meet the real people behind them and have real friendships. Usually their Twitter thing is just an egg. Why is that? Why <laughs> yes. is it that everyone on YouTube yelling at me is a non... You know, my mom said, uh, she said, do you know Bill O'Reilly watches your show? I said, I, I didn't know that. She said, he watches your show. He's been commenting on your videos. <laughs> Oh, what oh, are mom. you talking about? And I go and I look on the videos. <laughs> Some lunatic with a Bill O'Reilly picture has been yelling, <laughs> and you're Dave Rubin's a fascist. Bro-. Well, actually, it could be Bill O'Reilly. But <laughs> That's true. I'm pretty sure it's not Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. Uh, but like yelling at me. And my mom wanted to defend me from oh, Bill O'Reilly. I About two years ago, I stopped reading comments on the internet. Yeah. Anything to zero. Because I was I had HuffPo blog for a while. And at first it was like, oh, I just want people to like me. And oh my God, people are reading it. Look, they're making comments. And then someone would like make a kind of funny comment. I mean, and then I would like, or a YouTube thing. Like I, you just read the comments on one YouTube video, any video. Oh, well, YouTube. It could just be anything. Like a, a picture of a rock for 20 minutes. People are going to call it a dick Ugh. and they're going <laughs> to, and a fag. It's like, I'm sorry, this is a picture of a rock. Why are you using that? I mean, it's unbelievable. So I just zero, never, ever, ever, ever read a comment. Yeah. You know, it's a catch 22 because sometimes I think that. If we had, if we could unanonymize all this stuff, if yes. you know, you had to really register, agreed, and link it to your Facebook or and whatever, be a, be a person. So that would be good. But then, on an, in another way, there is something about the anonymousness of it that people are at least getting some of this shit out. Yeah. And I, I, I err more on the yeah, on the first I don't part know. of that. I, but. I, I think it's degrading the discourse. Right, like nothing really is coming out of it, just morons yelling at each And it's always about, I mean, it's yeah. always about their dicks. Yeah. And the, it's you know, a, it's always it's a sexual. Bunch of cowardly 12 year olds. That's what it feels like to me. Or the yeah. the part of all of us that have a cowardly 12 year old inside. You yeah. know, I mean, and I'll get stirred up sometimes and want to just annihilate someone. If you're, if or someone you on that. Facebook today. I, I put up a Michael Sarah short film that I thought was really interesting. And I said, you know, this is worth your time. This guy's like, these fucking yuppies, he should sell his fucking <laughs> Rolex to fucking give me the money. And it's some stand-up comedian, and I I was ready to take his balls and put them in a crusher. Um, but instead, I just wrote, you know, I know you're trying to be smart and insightful, but you just sound very bitter. Yeah. So I, th- I have a good luck with everything you do. That's the problem because you, <laughs> I was really trying you do, to be. Yeah, you know, I was I was trying to not because you know my dad used to crush hecklers, and I have that inside of me. I'm not quite as quick and as sharp and as yeah. funny as my dad in that moment. If I had some practice, I probably would be. Yes. but that murderous rage, totally feel it. <laughs> yeah. Like would love to actually pummel somebody. Yeah, I, my policy with hecklers always was you will never beat me because I have the mic in my hand. So right. I would always just let them hang themselves. Yes, that's what people heckler, say. Let them hang themselves. Yeah, they'll do it every time. Yeah. I never saw a good comic get defeated by a heckler. Yeah. I saw bad comics. And, do unless it all you the time. fight back and try to. Yeah, if yeah. you make it personal and then you've right. then taken the allure of the stage away and yeah. now you're actually. And let them get under your skin. But yeah. I never thought of stand up as anything that serious, even if I was talking about things that I felt were serious. Right. I just thought, we're supposed to be doing something funny here. So like, I'm not going to like start yelling at some lunatic because I wouldn't do that on the street. So why would I do it here? Well, that's what I say to people, you know, like especially on Twitter, you know, the trolls or whatever. I say, I'm sorry, would you say that to my face? <laughs> exactly. Would you walk up to me and say that to my face? Yeah. Really? And if you did, then you are a really big asshole. And I have no fear and no problem blocking you right now, right. which I don't anyway. But but I admire you man, in when a certain I, way. When I learned that block thing, at first I was like, oh, we all need to hold hands and get along. And I have compassion because I'm a Buddhist for everybody. And then I learned, no, just block the motherfuckers. I did it for the first time this week. 
The first time. First time this week. Holy shit. Because there was a person that over the last few months always is responding to my tweets, which I like, obviously, usually positive things. But Mm -hmm. then suddenly it would be incredibly negative and personal. Something very, you know, not like, oh, that wasn't funny. It would be like. So you fucking loser, that like just awful. But then it would be very positive. So there was clearly some kind of yes bipolar situation. <laughs> clearly, it's and, and, a mental health. And issue. I was like, you know what? If you were just yelling at me all the time, I would let this be. <laughs> right. But I can't become bipolar because of yeah, your bipolarness. No. I just I, t- life's too short, I, you know. And it's like, and I'm a person who I go to therapy. I deal with my unconscious thoughts and my behaviors, and I try to be a conscious person and I try to work on myself. Trust me, I've been working yeah. on myself for thirty fucking years. <laughs> Nothing a troll is going to say to me is going to make me feel like, oh wow, I really am a horrible human right. being, and I need to work on that aspect of my thinking. That's the funny thing. Do they think that they're going to have suddenly given you such insight? Yeah. Yes, right. And yeah. in such a way, like, really, you think that hitting me over the head with a baseball bat is the way to make me change my mind. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Ugh. It's a strange world. Whew. I know. It's exhausting. We're almost done, though. Um, uh, what did I want to say? I don't remember now. Well, I'll throw something Please in. Please do. So, you know, so we're going after this to this Young Turks yes. uh, party. It's their billion view party. We're just going to rub it in your noses, people out there. <laughs> and as as we said earlier, so you basically got me the gig there because you introduced me to them yes. in the first place. And one thing that I've found fascinating is so they're very progressive. They're, you know, in their politics. They're Absolutely. really more left than I am in a lot of ways, which is nice. And they've never told me to say anything that I don't believe or anything no, like that. No, they're, they're great. Um, but just today it was announced that some of these YouTube channels are, are going to be premium. So if you don't want ads, you'll have to pay. No one's being forced to do it. Right. If you but want if, it to be the other way. Right. Just like a podcast, a lot of podcasts do Right. That. So they announced it today. Mm-hmm. And I was reading some of the comments about it because I was like, oh, is this going to be the future of this? I wanted to sort of gauge what people are thinking. Yeah. And people were going on and on about how they just, they're such capitalist pigs and want all this. And it's like, you know these guys, you know Steve and Jank and yeah. all these guys. And it's like, they tr- they truly are who they are Completely on walk these the are walk, man. Who, these guys walk the walk. They walk the walk. They have, they've cut corner. Jank literally turned down over a million dollars to do a once a week show on MSNBC because he didn't want to deal with the political nonsense of a network beautiful so that's the level of integrity that yep. this guy has yep and i'm reading these comments and these i know people are going you blah, blah, blah. And um, i'm thinking man if people would stop thinking that everything should be in this immediate like if you yeah. just think for a second and step back it's it is well you know we love to put everybody in categories it's just so much easier if we would just stick in our little fucking categories we could all get along right yeah. But uh, no, I, yeah, I know that's, yeah, it's it's funny, you know, God forbid, you know, you have to pay for something in the world <laughs> these days. Can you, am paying for something that you enjoy? Yeah. What uh, is I, this? Uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to be changing my dad's uh, experience on the internet, people's experience of my father on the internet pretty soon. We'll be, you know, pulling a lot of things. No, people will be able to get to it again, but it'll be on with my control, all the videos and everything. And I just can already hear people what they're going to Oh, George Carlin, he's a First Amendment guy. How dare you take down this video? And then I can hear it already. Trust me. All you have to say to them is, did you pay to see George Carlin <laughs> at a performance? And exactly. the answer is probably yeah. yes. Did you pay to watch the video for the last five years? Probably no. Yeah. You did not. That's the funny thing. And you're about- still not going to have to pay for it in the little 30 seconds that I'm going to give you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, kids. 
That's the tough part about being an artist, man. It's like you want to do something for the right reasons, and then you got to live. And you got to live and make a dime. I tell people, I don't want to live in the hills. Even for this podcast, we do have to pay the electricity. And <laughs> Logan's gas money, hello. Frankly, Kelly, there's no lights on in here. I know. And, uh, Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> well, we're plugged in on something. All right, we've got to go. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, this was an absolute. We're on such a cool adventure together. I know. That's why I wanted to do this. I thing, know. You know. We are surfing. Big time on the internet, people. Let's go get drunk. Oh, wait, are you still off the sauce? I, I, for occasions, I do have a drink and I may have one tonight. A billion video hits. A views. billion video hits. I'm going to fucking slam some tequila now. <laughs> <Something>. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. For coming. Um, thank you, um, everyone, for listening. Um, check out my show, uh, my live show, Carlin Home Companion. I'm going to be at the Acme on the 18th of May. That's oh, in Hollywood. Pimping yourself out. Oh. Pimping myself yeah. out on my free podcast. <laughs> um, everyone follow me on Twitter, Kelly underscore Carlin. Follow Dave on Twitter. He is the Ruben Report. No, the. Just no, the. Ruben Report. At Ruben Report. Follow Logan, Logan Heftel. And, um... Uh, watch Dave's show, The Ruben Report, that does have a the. If the name has the the, but no, oh God, I, I, I really need to talk to a brand again. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Ruben Report, R-U-B-I-N. Okay. YouTube.com slash Ruben Report. Okay. Check that out. Um, and, um, and you're the only repeat guest, by the way. So and I am episodes. the only repeat guest. I'm becoming a regular over there. I'm, yeah. they have my, I have my own chair at this point, I'm guessing my own microphone, something like that. All right, everyone have a beautiful week. Thank you everyone at the Smodcast for being great Smodders. And, um, what are we going out with Logan? Modern day pyramids by Charlie Wolf's new album. Okay, Charlie people. Wolf. Charlie Wolf's new album out this week, Modern Day Pyramids. Here it is. Stick it in your ear. God bless America. Kiss a baby Jesus. And whatever you do, eat chocolate. It's seven o'clock on the old road. The ground is cold to a basketball folding chair. And it's so nice to be back for a moment. In days I remember our silk screened in black and gray A stale cardboard memory And it's only in the frame for a moment All these crowded sidewalks And all these years sometimes when we lose times and these answers in search of better questions show me it was always on a highway so now it is still on a weeknight an audio blip when there's something about cubicles and there always is a place to go the endless lengths of a concrete amusement park A reminder that we're all a part Of a snapshot in a singular moment All these crowded sidewalks And all these certain times when we lose time and Answers in search of better questions. Show me 
Secular altar embedded in grocery lines When we're waiting just inches from time When it passes, I'll be there in a moment All these crowded sidewalks And all these Houston times When we lose time Answers in search of better questions. Show me it was always on a highway. So now we are playing the same game with radio silence and modern day pyramids. So you're saying, Yo, sir, dude, I just got paid and I want to get laid. Might your humble narrator suggest a live Smodco show? See Smod.com list all the upcoming performances with links to tickets. As for getting laid, that's all on you, amigo. We just make you laugh till you shit your pants. The Smonsters of Talk could be coming to your town. Go to SeeSmod.com and find out. Smodco's been blasting its own brand of fuck yeah for years in all forms of media. If you're saying, hold up, sir, dude, what about video games? We got that market covered, too. Visit Smarcade.com to learn about two, count them, two games for your iOS and Android device. Jay and Silent Bob grace your mobile with Too Fat to Fly and Let Us Dance. Get your game on, Smod Goblins. Check out Smarcade.com. Smodco Internet Radio broadcasts the free funny, but you can broadcast your Smodco love with merchandise. Shirts, posters, comics, memorabilia, and more. JayandSilentBob.com is your hub for comic book men, secret stash, and Kevin Smith's cinematic catalog. It's an online one-stop shop that fulfills your need, minus the weed. JayandSilentBob.com. Book market, baby. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.